my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. again see uh i already did this <laughs> and then i had to delete everything because i realized my microphone wasn't turned on so hi taryn how are you good how are you heather <laughs> i'm great happy halloween happy halloween everybody so we are releasing this one day ahead of normally scheduled programming <laughs> So instead of it being released on Friday, we're releasing it on Thursday because it's Halloween and this is our Halloween special. Yay, Halloween! Yay, Halloween, my favorite. Speaking of Halloween, I absolutely love your decorations. Thanks! I know! I, I'm really proud of my little graveyard, even though it's nowhere near the decorations that are down the street. Which are amazing. They go, like, way out. They do. But it's absolutely fantastic. They have this hologram that hangs out their windows that makes it look like a ghost is there. Yeah, I saw that tonight. It's so cool. Oh, I love it. I just love Halloween, and I'm really excited to have the kids dress up and go out, even though it's going to be rainy here. So what are your kids being for Halloween? Rylan is Harry Potter. I absolutely love it. I do, too. I was so happy when he said he wanted to be Harry Potter. And Ashlyn is going to be a unicorn. Awesome. Which I'm surprised this is the only year she has not known what she wanted to be. Really? Yeah. We went to the store and we kept looking around and we finally went, do you want to be a unicorn? She's like, yeah, okay. Like, so that's awesome. <laughs> With my older son, I was going to take him to the store and go pick out a Halloween costume like I've done the last two years. Yeah. And I was super excited because originally he wanted to be Catboy. Oh, yeah. And then he kind of wanted to be the dinosaur. Because, you know, they have the dinosaur and you can run around with the dinosaur. Oh, yeah. So he wanted to be that. And there's a couple other ones that he really liked. And then my husband realized that the jersey that I bought for him when I was pregnant with him mm -hmm. fits. <laughs> All right. So he is Brian Urlacher. Perfect. From the Bears. And the baby is a football <laughs> even though he's not gonna be going out with you this year well if it's cold and wet and rainy then the football and i will be staying inside and handing out candy if it is nice outside then i will be joining my husband and my son trick-or-treating all right so i guess it depends on the weather so far from what i've seen it there's a 90 percent chance of rain yuck that's what i've seen and yes it's gonna be cold so the football and I might be handing out candy. Probably. I feel like they really do need to move it to the Saturday closest to Halloween. See, part of me says yes. And part of me says no, it needs to be on Halloween. Why? It's tradition. Stop changing stuff. Any I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. What <laughs> are we talking about today? Halloween. Just Halloween in general? We are talking about Halloween. An All Hallows Eve. And we're talking about everything. The beginning, it's, the title is Halloween. The origin story. Nice. <laughs> I love it. So, 
Yes, we are talking about Halloween. And I have looked up for you Halloween jokes. I was literally just about to look up well, a Halloween then joke. Then you do that because I had them up here, but you can do no, that. No, fi- I can use yours. Well, no, it's fine. Okay. You go ahead and look up yours. And I also have, well, I will give you my random fact. And it is about the movie Halloween. I don't think I've actually seen the movie. That's okay, but it's Michael Myers. Okay. Okay. The movie is, you know, takes place on Halloween, so it's in the fall, right? Yeah. Well, when they made the movie, it was not made in the fall. Really? It was made in the spring, and they used fake leaves on the trees. (laughs) That is awesome. To make it look like fall. (laughs) That that is... I thought that was great. Like, why why didn't you just wait till the fall? And then release it the next year on Halloween or something. I don't know. Alrighty. So we are going to talk about the origins of Halloween. And I know you know some of it, Taryn. Some, but educate me. Halloween, as we know, is celebrated on October 31st. And we dress up in costumes and we go trick-or-treating and we'll do fun decorations. I remember... If you see something that might be real, poke it. That's right. Poke it first. We <laughs> talked about this. Go back and listen to the the Halloween decoration disaster episode. You'll you'll understand. Poke it. <laughs> poke it first. <laughs> well, not a lot of people know that Halloween does date back to a pagan holiday. Scratch that. Probably a lot of people know that it does is a pagan holiday, but they don't really understand what the holiday is or what it was for or even how it's pronounced because that's the word and that is not how it's pronounced Samaha Sam Hain is how I would pronounce it but this is in Gaelic in Gaelic it's pronounced so when odd I, I like Halloween well yes and we'll get to why it's called Halloween as well all right, so the the Celts actually lived about 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, United Kingdom, and Northern France. Okay. And they celebrated Samhain. Man, it's so weird saying that, but seeing how it's spelled. Oh, You're doing great, Heather. Thanks. <laughs> it was celebrated from October 31st to November 1st, and this was to welcome the harvest and to bring in the dark half of the year. This day marked the end of summer, the end of harvest, and the beginning of the dark and cold winter. I love it. Which was also associated with human death. Because people die in the cold. I mean, you don't have the heating like we do now, and if you don't, can't, can't stay warm enough, or you're too little, or you're If you too didn't sick, harvest enough food. Didn't get enough wood before <sighs> the snow comes in. Exactly. You freeze to death. Yeah. You can see why a lot of people die in the winter. You know why a lot of people are born in the summer? Because <laughs> one way to <laughs> stay warm. That's all they do. <laughs> it's a good way to stay warm, Heather. It is. <laughs> that's great. Well, the Celts believed that on that same night of October 31st, that the boundary between the living world and the world of the dead kind of crossed and became blurred, which allowed them to communicate and see 
otherworldly beings. It's when the veil is the thinnest. That is when the veil is thinnest. See, you knew that. I did. I, I do know some stuff about Halloween. I kind of like this, this holiday. Well, now you know that it's started with a holiday called Sewin. So what happened? Is it, instead of, like, when we're out on Halloween, trick-or-treating with our kids, mm-hmm. instead of saying, happy Halloween, you go, happy Sewin. Happy Sewin. <laughs> and you could, because most of your ancestors are probably very Celtic. Mine are, definitely. Without a doubt. <laughs> Some of mine are. Yeah, I can't deny it. No. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> because the veil was the thinnest during this, this night, it made it easier for druids to make predictions about the future. And druids are... Psychics? No, they're like, they're priests. So um, psychics. No, they're not psychic. Priests are not psychic. <laughs> the look you're giving me while you're giving the hand gestures say, like, they're no. not, they're priests, but they're, they're like, priests. special, powerful no. beings that can see or predict into the future when the veil is thinner. Well... Okay, so a lot of ancient civilizations had their their gods and everything, and each one had, like, its own temple, and there were people that were in charge of this temple, and they were the priests of that god. Druids I, are Celtic priests. I'm just picking on you, Heather. Stop it. No, it's my job to pick on you. <laughs> Either way, during this time, they thought it was easier to predict things about the future, which came in handy. They needed to, to have this. Because they depended very much on the natural world. So it was important to be able to see a little bit into the future to find comfort during the winter. Makes sense. So they, they needed that. They needed the hope. I guess that's really what it was. They were bringing hope to them. I don't know. We'll just tell them that the winter will be short. But in reality, it's Game of Thrones status and winter <laughs> is coming. Winter is coming. So when was the most significant of the four quarterly festivals that they had because it was at the midpoint between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. During that time of year, the hearth fires that were in their family homes were left to burn out while the harvest was gathered. So after all the harvest work was completed, everyone would join with the Druid priests to light a big community bonfire. Awesome. So it was cool. They they had this wheel that would then cause friction and spark flames and create this big, huge fire. Nice. So the wheel was considered a representation of the sun. And it was, you know, like the passing of the year. Okay. That's what that was. During said celebration, the Celts wore costumes, such as animal heads and skins. And then they would attempt to tell each other's fortunes. And they would sacrifice cattle. And then at the end of the night, when all the celebration was over, they took a little a piece of that community flame from the bonfire, took it back to their home to relight their hearth. And this would help protect them during the coming winter. Interesting. See, I always thought that people dressed up for Halloween originally because the veil is thinner. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier for not only ghosts, but demons and all that other stuff to cross the veil yes. during that time. Mm-hmm. So if you were to dress up for Halloween or dress up during that time, the demon or the ghost would be confused and think that you're another monster. Mm-hmm. And they would go after the ones that didn't dress up. Yeah, you're getting ahead of me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's okay. We're not 
that criteria, but I did include that. In okay. There. Okay. I know things. <laughs> you do know things. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get All there. Right. <laughs> in some places, apparently, they have found that so when was a mandatory a mandatory celebration that lasted for three days and three nights where everyone in the community was supposed to, you know, show themselves to the local chieftains and a failure to a- appear would result in punishment. Death. The punishment from the gods, which, yes, could be death or illness. I was just guessing. Like, <laughs> punishment. <laughs> death. One or the other. You shall freeze. <laughs> So here's where we get into what you were just saying. Okay. As the Celts believed that the barrier between worlds was was thinner, they prepared offerings that were left outside their homes and villages or the fields for different kinds of beings that would cross over, such as fairies. Okay. Because fairies are, can be mean little devils. They're either super sweet like Tinkerbell or they're... <laughs> Not. (laughs) (laughs) That works. So they would dress up as animals and monsters so that fairies weren't tempted to kidnap them. Okay. We're going to talk about some specific monsters that they were particularly worried about during Sowin. There is a shape-shifting creature called a puka. Puka. It looks like Puka. I feel like I should name my next dog either <laughs> Soin or Puka. <laughs> I like Puka. That's awesome. Pukas are a type of fairy. They can either be full fairy or half fairy. They have to have some fairy blood in them. But they're... What I'm curious is how do you become half fairy? Like, is the fairy the mom or is the fairy the dad? Could be either or. <laughs> <laughs> But they are kind of mischievous, but they like to be helpful, but a little little overly helpful. So if you have one and you ask them, hey, can I get a glass of water? Oh, you'll get a glass of water. All right. You'll get 20. Oh, damn. Yeah. So they, they're, they're helpful hey, to excess. Can I get a glass of wine? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> So maybe some people would like a puka. Can I get like 20 bucks? (laughs) But they also like to make people laugh. If, you know, they're trying to be funny, I guess, by bringing you so much. So if you don't laugh, they'll just keep bringing you more. I feel like there's a catch with them doing that. Like something evil catch. Again, they're neither evil or good. They could be either or. There are bad ones and there are good ones and there are neutral ones. They they go any kind of way, but mostly they're just kind of mischievous beings that can shapeshift. I can't have waiting all that wine. (laughs) You don't have a puka. (laughs) There is another one. This is a ghost called Lady Gwen. She is a headless woman who is dressed in white, who then chases wanderers and is accompanied by a black pig. <laughs> I don't know why she has a black pig, but, you know, it's there. See, for a second there, I was going to ask you, is this where the legend started for the lady in white? But most ladies in white <coughs> aren't headless. Or have a black pig. Or have a black pig. I don't know. <laughs> 
Right. (laughs) Some of them are weird. All right. Another one is called the Dulahan, which appears as a impish creature. Although sometimes as headless men on horses who carry their own heads. Reminds me of Sleepy Hollow. That's exactly where my mind went. (laughs) Yeah. And if you encounter one of these, it was considered a death omen. So you see this, you're probably going to die. So So stick with the lady with the black pig. Yeah. I'd rather be chased off by her than, you know, die. I'll take a puka. (laughs) As long as it's a good puka. (laughs) I know. I'm (laughs) sure. I'll find ways to make it beneficial for a puka. <laughs> there is a group of fairies. They're they're hunters, but they're they're always in a group, and they are known to, you know, obviously be visible around Soen, and then they would kidnap people. Oh, so be on the lookout for hunter fairies. So hopefully they don't kidnap you. Or so you know how they used to sacrifice cows? Do the hunter fairies sacrifice people? Oh, maybe. We don't know. I don't know. All the questions. No kidding. So because of all of these monsters and all of these demons and fairies and bad things that come out, this is why the villagers would disguise themselves in costumes to drive away the phantom uh, visitors. And they would also hand out food or, you know, leave food out to basically say, here, have food, now go away. Here's your treat. They leave. Yes. They're basically, they're bribing them to leave us alone. See, then I always thought that, like, originally, there was this group of kids, like, it started off with this, and then there was this group of kids, like, give me something sweet, or I destroy your house. So if you didn't give the kids neat, like, sweet things, then, like, your house would be broken into. Yeah, that never actually came up in any of my research. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie. Okay. All right, so that was 2,000 years ago. Okay. We are now up to the year 43 AD. The Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory, and they ruled for about 400 years. So obviously, some of their traditions kind of melded with the Celtic traditions. Most of their stuff was in the month of May. May was the time you started the harvest and you started to to get the fruits and everything that they had. Okay. The goddess of growth, Maya, which is Ma- Maya, basically the goddess of May. That's Makes where we sense. get May from, is from her. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I always learn something new when I come over here, Heather. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but... She is the one who is the goddess of growth. So she is celebrated during the month of May. Makes sense why we have Mother's Day in May. Oh, yeah. That does make sense. The goddess of growth. I like that. Obviously, now finding out about the Celtic ritual of Samhain and then kind of sort of just you know, used that celebration towards their goddess, uh, Pomona, who was the goddess of orchards and abundance. And she was associated with apples, nuts, and grapes. I was really hoping you were going to say pumpkins. No, but (laughs) apples, I know not too many people do it much anymore, but you have heard of apple 
bobbing for apples, right? Yes. That is a very common thing to do during the Halloween season. Have you ever done it? Yes. It's rather hard. It's very hard. <laughs> it felt really weird when I was doing it, like, I don't know, I know. half drowning while trying to ha- like grab an apple. So if you young people don't know what bobbing for apples is. Google it. Sure, but I was going to describe what it is. Fine. Basically, it's this big, huge bucket full of water, and then you throw apples in it. And then bobbing for apples is you basically put your face in it without using your hands and try to bite one. And grab it. See, when, when I did it, they had, they had to tie your hands behind your back. That was part of it. Oh, well, we didn't. I didn't tie my hands. I mean. Or you had to, like, hold your hands. What if I fell in? Well, they, like, you had other people with you. It's not like you're bobbing for apples by yourself. <laughs> And then you had to grab apples with your mouth. It was really, like, hard. <laughs> uh, Fun, but hard. Even when harder when you're drunk. Like, it does not work well. All right. Then there is Lemuria. Uh, they, they were spirits of the dead who returned for three particular days a year to threaten their descendants. And this is a something that happened to the Romans. Okay. So they knew about this. So, in order to get rid of them, they had to do a ritual by, I don't know what that is, Pater Familia, someone in the family. They had to perform a ritual, and it happened at midnight, and he would walk barefoot through his own house to rid them, and he would do this while holding his hand up. I love how you're gesturing how to do it. I know, but you can understand it. I least. understand you. So you're holding your hands uh, palm side up, but placing your thumb between the second and third fingers. Okay. Kind of like Spider-Man. Yes, Spider-Man. Perfect. You would walk around like that. And then you would fill your mouth with dried black beans. And then he would go around the house spitting the beans onto the floor in order to... Bait the Lemuria. <laughs> As he walked and spit out a bean. I don't understand how any of this is possible because he, his mouth is full of beans. But he's also supposed to say nine times, with these I redeem myself and mine. <laughs> I feel like, what was that, the PETA family? What was that, the P... A-T-E-A. The Pater Familias. I feel like that would be... The head of the household? That's what I was thinking. Okay. Because it is... Well, I feel like it would have to be a guy. Yeah. Especially with their traditions. And then you wouldn't want to do the youngest, because, like, okay, he would... Like, my baby would not be able to do that. That is true. And then, like, my three-year-old wouldn't understand it. So yeah. I feel like it had to be the head oldest man of the house, or whoever's in charge of the house would have to do it. That would make sense. At least that's how I kind of read it. Okay, so spitting beans. Yeah. Well, walking with your hands kind of like Spider-Man, palms up. Mm -hmm. Repeating that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I kind of would love time travel just to see that happen. (laughs) I just want, just like, I just want to see it. Do people actually do this? And why? Why did we lose this tradition? Like, come on. I want to see people do this. We'll do it this year. (laughs) I'd love to see Tyler do this. That'd be great. Can we get Tyler to do this? I don't know if he would. <laughs> That'd be great. Hey, Tyler! There he is. Ah! We have a question for you. Okay. There's this ritual that the Romans used to do to ward off their dead ancestors because they would, you know, mess with them. 
Would so you do it? the head of the household would do the ritual. Sure. Okay. Well, this ritual is you have to walk around the house with your hands up like this, like Spider-Man. Palms up. Palms up. And then you <laughs> stick a bunch of black beans in your mouth. And while you're walking around the house, you spit out the black beans. But you also have to recite the words, with these, I redeem myself and mine. Oh, and you have to do it barefoot. Okay. But your mouth is also full of black beans. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Nobody else would either. You have to, as you're spitting out the beans, you have to recite that, walking up barefoot uh-huh. with your hands up. You have to do it nine times exactly. Right. No more, no less. Yeah. That's fine. Can we record you doing this? Sure. Yes. Oh, oh I'm so excited. So the Lemuria would then come out to eat the beans. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Gross. They would eat. They're your family, so that's whatever. So they would come out and eat the beans, following along, but forbidden to look behind them. And then the rest of the family would come out. So this is the rest of us. We we need to get bronze symbols and cling them together and proclaim. Ghosts of my fathers and ancestors, be gone! <laughs> okay, so because I'm not actually part of this family, I would record you guys doing this. And I feel like we need to go to like Halloween Town and get togas and make you guys like wear Roman costumes oh. while this is happening. So that's gonna make sense. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, oh okay. So this ritual was practiced on, so this is why I brought the whole thing about the the May person, because a lot of their festivals happened in May or their traditions. This was practiced on May 9th, 11th, and the 13th. Because there's three specific days with the... Yeah, that they would come and, you know... Attack the family members. Attack their ancestors for some odd reason. I don't know. All right, so this now brings us (laughs) to the Middle Ages... Middle Ages began with the fall of the Roman Empire, and this the Middle Ages were from 476 AD to the year 1492. All right. It's a lot of Middle Ages. Well, that's why they call it the middle. What we talked about with the, the Romans, with the Lemuria, is that what I called them? I don't remember. Lemuria? Yeah. Happened on May 13th, right? Yep. That was one of them. What wow. happens when May 13th fri- falls on a Friday? No. Where are no, you going? That was it. Thanks, honey. Love you. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. So we'll get the YouTube going. That's totally going up on that. Okay. So what happens when May 13th, right, right. when they had to do that ritual? Well, yeah. yeah. Falls on a Friday. What? Well, I don't think Fridays were unlucky for the Romans. Oh. It was Tuesdays. No. For Romans, even days were unlucky. Oh, okay. So. Why were even days unlucky yet the days that your family members could come and attack you were odd days? I don't know. Because they were backwards? I don't know. (laughs) Romans are weird. (laughs) Anyways, okay. So, May 13th. The year is 609 A.D. Pope Bonif- Boniface? Boniface? 
Alec Boniface? Boniface the fourth dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs. And the Catholic feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the church. So originally, the Lemuria ended on May 13th. And on that same day, May 13th of six, uh, 609 AD, the church held a feast in dedication to St. Mary and the Martyrs. I don't know if that was on purpose, but I thought that was kind of cool that, hey, they're, 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 they're melding together a little more. Yeah, May 13th, Pope Gregory III, during the 9th century, actually changed All Martyrs Day, instead of being on May 13th, to November 1st. And where that gradually blended in with the Sawain, the way that it became after, you know, the Romans kind of melded into it and also adopted all of all of their stuff. And now Christianity is coming in and it's like, okay, but we're going to change All Martyrs Day to November 1st. It then became All Souls Day to honor the dead. But also like All Saints Day. Yes. And eventually it became All Saints Day. So instead of honoring just martyrs, they wanted to celebrate all saints. So they called it All Saints Day. The church was attempting to replace the Celtic festival with a related church-sanctioned holiday. Good for you, church. Right? So All Souls Day was celebrated very similar to to Sowain, with big bonfires. They had parades, dressing up in costumes. But their costumes were merely either as saints, angels, or devils. All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallows Eve and eventually became Halloween. Hey, Halloween. Halloween. Also, Souls Day was one of them. So... We're going to talk about something called soul cakes. What are soul cakes? Soul cakes. Because part of that sounds like really gross and part of it sounds really (laughs) yummy. And maybe it's because I have a sweet tooth right now. I I think they would be good. Soul cakes. So during festivals, poor citizens would beg for food and families would give them pastries called soul cakes in return for the promise of the poor citizens that they would pray for the family's dead relatives. Okay. Distribution of soul cakes was encouraged by the church as a way to replace the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. So, Again, we're back to the wine, guys. There's there's a story going on here. <laughs> this practice was referred to going a-souling. Eventually, this was taken up by children who would visit houses in their neighborhood and be given ale, food, and money. In Scotland and Ireland... Young people took part in a tradition called guising, which would be dressing up in costume, accepting offerings from various households, and rather than pledging to pray for the dead, they would sing a song or recite a poem or tell a joke or perform another sort of trick, air quotes trick, before collecting their treat, which was normally fruit or nuts or money. Hmm. So that happened for a long time. There's a, a lot of stuff 
that got kind of intertwined here. We're going from the Celts to the Romans to the church. Halloween's going everywhere. But it's been like that. And so many different people had different traditions and different communities had different things that they would do. It sounds like most of these traditions were mainly in the United Kingdom, Ireland area. Even after the Romans came, it kind of stayed around that area where all the bonfires and the leaving food out and all that. It's kind of where it, where it stayed. So obviously it had to come to America. Of course. Of course it did. So celebration of Halloween was actually extremely limited in colonial New England because of the very rigid Protestant belief systems. Halloween was a more, was more common occurrence in Maryland and some of the more southern colonies. As beliefs and uh, of different European ethnic groups came and American Indians meshed, a American version of Halloween began to emerge. So the very first celebrations of Halloween included play parties, which were public events, which were held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share stories of the dead and tell each other's fortunes and dance and sing. And it was a great old party. I like tell. No, it was just a great old party. That's right. It. Yeah. Americans then began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. Obviously, we're getting the idea this is trick or treating. It's got to be. <laughs> this is it's starting. So, I'm sorry. I'd rather have like I don't know, a quarter from every house. Yeah. Got a piece of candy from every house. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, quarters that those add up. Even pennies would add up. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it took a lot more pennies. Yeah, I don't think I'd. I'd rather quarters. Think about it. It's like if you send both your kids out to go trick or treating, mm-hmm. and they came back with quarters instead of candy. Oh yeah, that's a lot of money. No, so they wouldn't really understand it, so they probably would be as willing to do it. I don't know. My kids would understand it. No, yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, Ashley might not have a hundred percent understood it. No, no, she wouldn't have. So. Yeah. But yeah, can, can our neighbors hand out quarters? That'd be great. Just do quarters. Qu- then you're going to go trick-or-treating, little man. Yeah. Go get some quarters, man. Not only did the whole kind of sort of trick-or-treat thing happen, this was also a time for young women that believed on Halloween they could divine the name of their future husband. Ooh. So they would... So that is also... You know, how the the Celtic Druids would, you know, tell fortunes. This is still happening. People are still trying to do, hey, figure out who's my husband going to be in the future, telling each other's fortunes. It's kind of cool how things still follow in a roundabout way. It is kind of fascinating (laughs) that that's happening. Yeah. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to... Make Halloween into a holiday more about community and get-togethers more than ghosts and pranks and witches. Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate Halloween. They'd have games, foods, costumes, fun parties. And nowadays we have things called chunk or treats. Yes, we do. For the kids. Yes. So, also back in the 1800s, parents were encouraged to take anything frightening or grotesque out of the Halloween decoration, uh, out of Halloween celebrations. Hmm. 
there's a lot of people who don't like kids dressing up as horror-themed things. And it's just like, but it's fun. I don't know. If the kid wants to, like, I can understand, like, for example, those parents that dress their little redhead kid up like Chucky. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. It is. But if the kid looks in the mirror and freaks out from his costume, probably shouldn't do it. But if, but if the kid's all about it. If the kid likes it, do it. If it's the kid's idea. Why not? Why not? If my kid comes up to me and he goes, Mommy, I want to be a dead blue. <laughs> fine. Let's make you a dead whatever the hell you just said. All right. You want to be a dead dinosaur? Fine. We'll make you a dead dinosaur. <laughs> you want to be a zombie? Fine. Let, let's get some like bite marks and some other stuff mm, going on. Yeah. If the kid wants to be a scary dead whatever. Mm-hmm. Fine, let them. I agree with that. I find no reason why they can't do that. Especially if they get to that age where they really enjoy it. Yeah. Like, you go from the cute little fluffy animals or footballs. Little footballs. To, like, okay, now you're kind of discovering what you want to be. To, okay, now you got to be something scary or just weird. Mm-hmm. And then you just go back to, like, normal, like, everyday costumes. Yeah. It's, it's a tradition. It just happens. Oh, I love that. And I don't want anyone to ever mess with it. I think it's great. All right. Back on task. <laughs> By the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. And these new immigrants were coming over by the millions coming from Ireland. Just one of the areas where the Celtics were. They were getting away from the potato famine. And this obviously helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally throughout our whole country, because even during that time, the whole country did not celebrate Halloween. It was just certain areas. But now because of the Irish Halloween, thank you guys for bringing Halloween back. Yay, ancestors. Yay. Thanks, guys. So by the 1920s and the 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties that featured entertainment. But despite the best efforts of the communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during the time. Between 1920 and 1950, the practice of trick-or-treating was revived and it was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration and in theory it helped to prevent the vandalism and tricks being played on them by providing the children with treats so they were they were placated with their sweetie treats so they That's wouldn't the modern day of trick-or-treating it used to be your stuff Give me food and I will pray for your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Now it's give me candy and I won't destroy your house. Which is crap. You shouldn't be doing that crap anyway. Yes. Because that's just rude. If you TP my house, you better not let me find out where you're living. <laughs> well, that's all we got to say. Right. Right. Because then your mom and I are going to share a glass of wine and we're going to have a long conversation. 100%. So then by the 1950s. Most town leaders had successfully limited vandalism, and Halloween evolved into a holiday dedicated to young people, which is kind of, it's what it is today. It's for kids. Yeah. 
So this was due to the high number of young children during the 50s. Baby boom. After World War II, we had a baby boom. All these kids are popping up everywhere. That's because everyone was so excited that their man man was home. Yeah. And then, you know, cold weather. Yeah. (laughs) Although it's not exactly, it's not known where exactly the phrase trick or treat started. No one really knows why or how that started. But it was very firmly established in America by 1951 when trick-or-treating was in a Peanuts comic strip. Nice. In the 1952, Disney made a cartoon called Trick-or-Treat, which featured Donald Duck and his nephews. And then you have Charlie Brown and the Pumpkin Patch. That that has nothing to do with trick-or-treat. Oh, darn. And that was also not in the 50s. Darn, you just edit that out. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> World War II, apparently the sugar rationing, so there weren't there weren't very many treats to hand out during Halloween during World War II. Is that what they started handing out, like apples and toothbrushes? Probably. <laughs> Stupid ones. <laughs> so then, baby boom happened. Trick or treating. Okay, World War II ended. Baby boom. Trick-or-treating happened again with all the sweets and candy companies capitalized on this. They launched a national advertising campaign specifically aimed at Halloween. That's awesome. It is awesome because for this new American tradition of trick-or-treating, today Americans spend an estimated $6 billion per year on Halloween, making it our country's second largest commercial holiday. Right after Christmas. Right after Christmas. Go Halloween. I love it. I mean, I can understand that, let alone, like, so I was doing a truck or treat at my gym, and so I bought candy to hand out to the kids. Mm-hmm. I spent $36 on candy and, like, a couple drinks for me and my husband. So I get that. I get how Americans can spend that much on candy. My coworker said that he, him and his wife typically spend $300 on candy Whoa! to hand out to kids in the neighborhood. I'm like, I wish I would have done that because we would have came to your neighborhood last week. I'm hard or last month. pressed to spend 20 bucks on candy. Last year. <laughs> yeah. He said $300 a year. That's crazy. Candy. Well, no wonder it's $6 billion a year. That is Halloween. That is how we have Halloween in our nation today. Mainly because of the Irish. Go Irish! Yay, Irish! You know what I miss from childhood Halloween? What? Is, and I know why nobody does it anymore, but the homemade treats. Yeah, I understand, but it was great because I always like to get like the caramel apples. My, My grandma would make those. Caramel apples. Especially if you like you knew your neighborhood. Like I I grew up in a very small, like small group. Mm -hmm. And so you knew your neighbors. You knew a lot of your neighbors. Mm -hmm. And there was no technology, so you had to go actually go out and talk to people. Yep. So you got the caramel apples and the the fresh baked cookies. And there was this one lady in our neighborhood when I was a kid who would make these like balls of rice krispie treat type Mm -hmm. things and they were amazing. Yes. The Rice Krispie Treats. Someone else would make puppy chow. Yes. So good. Puppy chow. Mm. We had this one lady that every year she would hand out Beanie Babies. (gasps) 
She spent that much money on beanie babies just to She had like out? a huge bucket, like a huge like tub bucket, like what you would put your Halloween decorations yeah? in, full of beanie babies. And you'd go up to her house and she lets you pick out a beanie, ba- a beanie baby. That one was crazy. There was another house I went to and you would got a king size bar of candy and a soda. Oh, see, I like the soda. There's one name. There's someone in our neighborhood that hands out sodas. I know they did last year. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was great. They offered one to us. They did. They That's also fantastic. had water. They did. They offered water as yeah. well. No one ever thinks about drinks. That is great. See, I want to find the neighborhood that is trick or treating for adults and mm-hmm. hands out like margaritas or wine along with. That would get very expensive. What <laughs> if they do like the really cheap wine? Still or pretty good. be that house right that you have the candy for the kids and then you see the parents and you're like a lot of beer yeah <laughs> that's not every parent would take a beer no but some would but you could offer it to them yes you could like want a beer <laughs> well did you know that in other english colonies most of them don't really celebrate halloween we're one of the only ones that really picked it up so in Australia, they don't really celebrate Halloween, but they want to. I don't blame them. I see so many posts on Facebook from people from Australia that are like, I'm trying. I bought Halloween decorations. I've got candy. We're, we're like, they want it's to. It's going to happen. They want, they want it. And it's so great. And I want you guys to have it because it's so much fun. And it was my favorite holiday. It is a good holiday. And I still do <sighs> think that the veil is thinner. I do. I do too. On Hollow, All Hallows Eve oh. or The Harvest or whatever, however you want to phrase it. So when. So, so when. So when. And because I can believe it. Like, you see weird stuff and like, is it kids? Is it creepy teenagers? Like, mm-hmm. what is that? Is that really, you know, Uncle Joe? It's the Black Eyed Kids. It could be the Black Eyed Kids. <sighs> if you believe that they're real. I do. Which I do not. <laughs> oh, but the veil is thinner. See, if they are the myling, they come out. Yeah, but they don't go after the people who actually have kids with them. Mm, Remember? True. They'd be going after people who don't have kids with them, mm. which would be the people at the houses handing out the kid the candy to the kids. Mm, yep. There we go. That's so, why they come up to the door. Can I use your phone? Let me in. Oh. But why would they I do that when all these other kids are coming around? I don't know. I don't know, Taryn. We're going to dress Ash up. As a black-eyed kid. She wanted to one year. Why did she let her? Well, no, I would have. Like, she had thought of this. I'm going to go with, like, in the spring of this year. And then when I asked her about it, you know, more towards Halloween, she goes, no, I don't want to do that. Hmm. But you said you did. That would have been perfect. Oh, anyways. That's the end of our origin story of Halloween. Now it's celebrated all over the United States. Everyone loves it. Spooky stuff, watching great spooky movies, good decorations and costumes, and it's just a lot of fun. Speaking of spooky movies, yeah, what is your favorite Halloween and or scary movie? Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it's not a scary movie, but it is my favorite Halloween type sort of movie. Because I can watch it from Halloween all till Christmas. I can see that. Yeah. I like, and I know this is going to sound kind of corny, but the Halloween movies, the um, the kid, which, God, I can't remember the name of it. Hocus Pocus? Not Ho- well, I love Hocus Pocus. Like, everybody loves Hocus Matilda? Pocus. Matilda? 
No. Casper? No. It's the teenage witch where her grandma lives. Halloween Town. Never seen it. You've never seen it. He almost hit his head. <laughs> he totally did that. I didn't oh. even move. <laughs> There's like three or four Halloween Town movies. Oh. And it's basically like this. They're witches. And the grandma lives in Halloween Town where all the monsters live. And during Halloween, they can come through the veil mm. to visit the natural world. Oh. It's a it's a teenage movie, and it's not scary. It's just kind of co- like Halloween corny, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, I loved it since it. I was a kid. Huh. All right. Well, now that we are at the end of our episode, Taryn, do you want to tell us a Halloween-based joke? You need to go back to your jokes. This is my joke. These are all the jokes? These are all the jokes. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even look at them. <laughs> so many. There are so many. Where does the goblin throw the football? Where? Over the ghoul line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are awesome. I know, they're all really good. The other one that I kind of wanted to choose, just because, you know, it's wine night. Sure. Why does the ghost go into the bar? Why? For the booze. (laughs) Oh, oh, good morning, child. good. That is awesome. Thank you guys for joining us for our Halloween origin story. I hope you all enjoyed it and learned a little something. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Enjoy your evening and getting all sugared up with kids or without kids. Have fun either way. All right. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. The existence of this 